With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm a writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Denny Hamlin. Yes, Denny Hamlin, who's been in the news recently for crossing the finish line first at Pocono, but not actually winning the race when he was disqualified uh, afterward. Chase Elliott, of course, won that race instead. And you're probably thinking, oh, wow, this is uh, interesting timing. Is this going to come up on the podcast? No. It's not going to come up on the podcast because we did this interview at Atlanta, which was like three weeks before the Pocono race. So didn't get a chance to ask about that. Um, So if you're like waiting or wondering for that as the interview is going on, just want to give you a heads up, not going to be part of this interview. But Denny did have some very interesting things to say uh, during the 12 questions. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. All right, everybody. I'm here with Denny Hamlin for another 12 questions. Denny, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for doing this. So, um, this one, you know, I know you have your own jet. I don't know if this is really going to apply to you. So why do you got to advertise that? Well, <laughs> I think you advertise it more than I do. <laughs> I've seen fair. this on social That's media. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't remember this uh, life, but how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? Yeah, um, uh, I think on commercial air, air, air flights, you got to take all the luxuries you can possibly get. So it's, sometimes you just got to look out for number one, and that means reclining your seat into the gentleman or woman behind you okay that's fair enough uh how often do you get recognized at the grocery store uh well this is going to be a problem since i don't grow the grocery store <laughs> that much okay uh but i would say uh 10 of the time 10 percent. taylor was holding taylor, up a 10 and taylor proofs agreed okay you you got you're on the same wavelength there yeah. uh on a scale of one to ten how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner I'm going to say a three. Oh, uh, not yeah. so good. A lot of it is because I do get lost in the weeds. So I, I have so many meetings and so many things that I get focused on or hyper-focused on in the moment that I'll get a text and I'll just kind of swipe it away and say mentally I will get back to that. And by the time I'm done my meeting or whatever I'm focusing on, I'll have another 10 texts. That text then has worked its way to the bottom of the phone and I just forget to do it unless I re-scroll and uh, so I, I, I admittedly I'm not as good um, surprisingly I'm probably better through email than text wow you, yeah. you might be showing your age there a little bit I, trust me we're we had many topics of discussion uh, on the plane this morning about you know uh, I'm an old guy thinking that you know why can't everything just be on direct TV <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and everyone's like, oh, no, it's got, you got to stream this and stream that. And I argue, well, I'm not that person. I'm not a show person. I'm not a person that says, this is my destination. I'm going to this app to watch this show. 
when I am watching TV, it's typically is in a casual moment where I have an hour, right? And I'm like, let me just see what's on, and I can't do that through streaming. You're right. Yeah, you you want to be able to just scroll and see what's yes. there. Yep. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? I'm bad about this because I'll just entertain it uh, till they're out of breath. Um, even though the interest might not be there, I just, I typically don't want to be rude to anyone. I don't like to walk away, especially when, if I feel like it's important to them that I have, they have my attention, mm -hmm. I'll just kind of sit through it. So I don't really have a good exit strategy. Um, but if it's in a large group of people, I'll just kind of maybe bring someone else into the conversation and weasel my way out. Okay, that's that's the Chase Elliott approach I just learned recently. Apparently, so yeah, um, that seems like a very good strategy. You mean Chase conversates with other people? <laughs> <laughs> um, kidding. I love Chase. Uh, if you could only pick one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Uh, Twitter, just because of the information, uh, whether it be fake or not, I'm not really sure, but. Uh, just for the information side of things, uh, I can live without the photos and stuff. I just, uh, it's interesting to me. It's just an in interesting conversation, uh, forum. Um, obviously not all good, not all the time for sure. could definitely get cleaned up. Uh, but I just like it to, for an information source. So. Mm -hmm. Well, thank goodness you're on there because we enjoy your entertaining thank tweets. You. So please thank keep you. those going. Um, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? So what, now what? That's what Nick Saban said, and that's one of his famous quotes that I, I think about all the time. Uh, when I went through my toughest years as a race car driver and, and I was getting so mad at things that I could not control, um, I thought about so what, now what? Like, people have to learn to be okay with the past because they can't change it. They cannot change that result. All they can change is how they react from that point forward. Uh, I've learned that in my older age. I used to let emotion get the best of me and it and affect me um, in a lot of ways, especially on track. And I just don't get too emotional anymore. I, I think about, so I got spun, so what, now what? How am I gonna react to that? How am I gonna make get the best of my day from this point forward? Because I can't go back and undo it. Yeah, that's that's really really good. Um, so this next one's a wild card question. Where I'm mixing it up for each person. What would your reaction be if one of your daughters said they want to be a race car driver? Oh boy, um, this actually started. Taylor ran her first junior league go kart race. I know Taylor, the singer, dancer, <laughs> dancer, actress. Um, wanted to run go-karts at K1. Don't put that in your hair. Um, and I, I obliged, I took her to K1 and you know, she, she we had her in go-karts before and, and it's road courses so it's the hardest way to, you know, I, I told her, I was like, oval track would be a lot easier than this, but she was really, really fast, but she hit a wall head on because she didn't lift. Like she, it wouldn't, we never had to speed her up. She always was just going too fast around the corners. And so she had a hard hit one time and she slowed down since then, but she wanted to get back in it. And, you know, she didn't get lapped in a, in a 
in a junior league, which is really good considering a road course, and it's only a 30-second lap. So I told her next time the goal is to gain one second. You know, I thought she was about three seconds off per lap. Um, but I just – I know that's a long answer, but, I mean, I'm going to support her in whatever she wants to do. I just know how hard that road is, how yeah. expensive it is. Um, you know, but you want to support them in whatever they want to do. And, and she's at that age where I was really kind of confused on what I wanted to do. I ran go-karts from 8 to 10, and then I took two years off because I thought I wanted to play basketball or baseball or whatever, and I found out I just wasn't as good as I wanted to be in those sports, so I went back to racing, and that's what I focused on from that point forward. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, if someone well, – this question is sort of, uh, I forgot, uh, made with you in mind. If someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? <laughs> I think we know the answer to that one. Yeah, Absolutely. I think we've already. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I think my answer is very clear on that. <laughs> you probably gotten a, a lot of no's on that one. Uh, but trust me, when you're in the moment, uh, that one particularly got me because it, it, it very easily could have taken us out of the Final Four, and he wasn't part of that picture. Um, and so I, I just I was really angry because my season could have been – been decided by that mistake and it was something that I had nothing to do with that was just an innocent bystander of the wreck so um, and then when I saw donuts about to be done I was just like oh hell no yeah no I, I appreciate you giving us the content for this the yeah, inspiration I know. for this I that's, know you do it's good uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year wow I just don't get to watch as much TV as I would like I never passed Shawshank Redemption ever yeah it would probably be that because I, it's it is on like the TBS's regularly, and so I'll I just never skip it when I'm scrolling, which I can't do when I'm streaming. By the way, that's right. Yeah, that's that is P1 for me as well. That is the greatest movie ever no ever made. Um, have you ever gone on a tour of that prison? I have not. Yeah, I, I, that's on my bucket list. I want to do that. It's, is it? It's, it's open. It's near Mansfield, the old Mansfield track. Hmm. Uh, you can take tours of it apparently. Uh, uh, would, that that's, that'd be a new bucket list thing for me. Yeah. Uh, when you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? Uh, what I'm most optimistic about is I believe that the American public, uh, I, I, I'm not sure who may have said this, it might have been Parker Klugerman, but like American, Americans seem to be loving motorsports again. Um, and so I think there's the opportunity to grow motorsports in our country back to what it was in the early 2000s. Uh, what worries me the most is uh, those that are in charge are not willing to make changes to to uh, to keep up with the times. Yeah. Uh, so a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but the catch is that you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back or do you stay where you are in the present? I'd go, go back. back. I would go back because although my career's been wildly successful and I've achieved more than I ever would have imagined, I believe that with more knowledge I would have been more successful. Uh, I would have won more championships. Uh, those things are, you know, important to me. Uh, I don't know that it really changes my legacy that much if I would, if I'd had. 70 wins versus what I've got or two championships versus none. I mean, I still think that, you know, you just 
I've always said I just want the respect for my competitors that they think that I'm someone that they got to beat every week and and I think that I've I've uh, accomplished that but as far as accomplishing some big things I think with more knowledge I maybe could win a championship or two but if I had to redo those Daytonas would I would I be able to do it again I don't know um, I it's hard to beat when you have knowledge that's one thing but you also got to trust your instincts and that's what's something I feel like has made me strong on super speedways is that although I have knowledge of where wrecks tend to start from you know who's more prone to being in wrecks than others and those are all analytics based you still have to trust your instincts to know when things are not safe this year was a prime example in the daytona 500 two laps before i got caught in that wreck i knew to bail out i said to myself get out of there because this is not my mo it's not my mo to come up here and try to race for stage points in the Daytona 500 and I ended up getting caught in a crash two laps later so I didn't trust my instincts um, and that's something I, I don't think that if you go back you're able I don't know that if you're gonna you're probably gonna second-guess yourself more and maybe results aren't as good as what you think hmm wow I never thought of it like that it's really interesting um, so each week I ask somebody a question uh, somebody give me a question for the next guy last one was Daniel Suarez he says He's, he's wanting to know, basically, how have you managed your time as a driver and owner? Because he feels so busy just being a driver, he can't possibly understand how you make it all work without taking something away from one side or the other. So how, how have you been able to balance all this that you have going on right now? I mean, it hasn't been easy, and it's become, it's getting harder and harder. That is no doubt. It's, especially since I'm, my team is not established we're always in the growing process um, and will be for the next three years at least. I don't, I don't know that this gets any better. Um, I just need more hours in the day. That means I need to wake up earlier and stay up later. I've got the stay up later part done already. <laughs> Anybody that knows my business emails, I typically respond between 12 a.m. and 2 a.m. Um, because my mind races and the problem I have that I need to get better at is that I've got to find a way to shut my brain off before bed because I I cannot sleep uh, very good and so and it because I'm constantly thinking about my expansion of my race team how to make my race team better how can I get better as a driver what do we not do good on the 11 car like it just it all combines into one and next thing you know I get to typing I get on an email or I start texting ideas and things that I have and I interesting I talked to Justin Marks we're the exact same way we we don't sleep because when, as soon as we lay our head down we start thinking about the future and so I think that I, I just gotta find a way to shut things off but right now I try to designate Friday to Sunday to my 11 team and even Monday for the debrief at JGR but then every day from Monday afternoon to uh, to Thursday to Friday, I'm all 2311. That's it's meetings. It's um, everything that, that, that goes into putting a race team on. Uh, but I also trust a lot of the people that I've hired to do a good job. And if I see that they aren't doing a good job, then I'll interject myself. But otherwise, I think that I've hired a great team there that's doing well. And I just 
throw in my two cents when I see things here and there that I'd like to see changed. But I don't know the answer. I don't know that I do a great job, but I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, wow. That's, that sounds really frustrating. Um, so I don't know who the next interview is with yet. I could either let you know who that is when I find out, or you can just ask a question that I can uh, give to it, anybody. I'm assuming it's going to be a driver. Yeah. Okay. My question would be, how do you see a system where we can get the best talent available in our teams uh, versus doing whatever it takes to make our team survive financially? How can we create a system, whether it be a draft or a, this is a, you've reached a certain qualifications and you make it to this level and then you've achieved a certain amount of credentials in that level. Now you're eligible to be drafted into the next round. Like how can we create a system in your opinion to make it to where we have the 36 best drivers out on that racetrack every Sunday? It's a great question. Great question. Well, thanks so much for doing this and putting so much thought into your answers. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Denny Hamlin on the 12 questions and giving us some interesting things to think about. I like that sort of licensing system that he was maybe sort of getting at with that last question. Hopefully we can find a driver who will uh, give a good answer to that or maybe have some good perspective on that. Got my wheels spinning on, on maybe a, a good person to try and ask that. So we'll see, we'll see what we can do next week there. And also now that uh, Denny knows about the uh, Shawshank Redemption prison tour that's possible uh, in Ohio, uh, I'm going to need him to uh, take all of us on that because I've, I've been wanting to do it for a long time. I've seen people's pictures. You can tour like the warden's office and the jail cells uh, because they filmed it all in this prison and they kept it, I guess, pretty intact even from like the movie set stuff. So that that cool would be pretty cool. Uh, definitely my favorite movie of all time as well. I'm sure a lot of yours also. Anyway, of course, a reminder that if you'd like to get these interviews when they come out, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions and you can see the written version of these as well as, as the podcast version that accompanies them the day they come out. They don't land in the Apple podcast and Spotify feed, uh, the free feeds until a week later. So if you're anxious to hear them when they drop, uh, that is the best way to do so. Anyway, thank you as always for listening and I will talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.